Hey everyone, Aaron here. Just just a quick heads up that uh, we're not going to have a new episode next week because me and Layla are both going to be busy. Um, so we'll see you in two weeks and we'll have a great episode where we're going to watch Kingdom Hearts 2. Um, just wanted to let you all know. Um, anyway, this episode is kind of a banger, so uh, get ready. Have a good time. Bye. It is it is interesting, though, like how, uh, I mean, not interesting, mostly, you know, just to be what it be. But, you know, cat boys are, are looked down upon, are really marginalized in our society. And then James Cameron just stormed in and made them mainstream and no one batted an eyelid. I think that's the true white privilege is you can just be a cat boy. Do you huh. think Odd from uh, Code Lyoko would do well on Welcome to Mortified, the Friendship Quest, a podcast where two long-distance friends bounce media recommendations all in hopes the other will like it. I'm Aaron. And I'm a cat girl. And this week, we let James Cameron make Catboys mainstream as we talk about Avatar 2009. Before we abandon our physical limitations to become tall, hot, blue people, remember you can help us on Mortified the Legitimacy Quest by subscribing to us on YouTube, iTunes, or Spotify, signing up for our monthly newsletter through the link in our show notes, or following us on Twitter and Tumblr, at MortifiedPod. Layla? Mm-hmm? Oh, I'm I see you. Yeah, I see you too, buddy. <laughs> I see you. I recognize you. I know you. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I know that you had a great time with this week's pick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had a great... I, mm-hmm. I, mm, yes. I'm yes. sensing a little bit of hesitation. Do you want to talk about how you're feeling right now? Yeah, I, f- I fucking hate this movie, my guy. Oh, it's no. It's really bad. <laughs> Oh, no. I thought we had picked a good movie like last week. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure you did. Um, Uh, No, listeners, this is all a facade. Um, We (laughs) went in knowing this was going to be a shitty movie um, because we had such a good time with Wally's Wonderland. (laughs) Willy's Wonderland. Sorry, last week. I was like, all right, it's time for a bad one (laughs) for real this time. Yeah, well, here's... um, Yeah, I'm really excited for Hater O'Clock, but it... I remember not liking James Cameron's Avatar because I found it kind of boring. I don't I, I don't know. I was never really, like, impressed with the VFX, not because they're bad, just because it's, like, a taste thing. I just, I don't know. I don't really, wasn't really ever into, like, space movies like that. Um, that has since changed, but at the time I wasn't really into the genre. But now I'm realizing it's bad because it's a colonialism simulator. Yeah, Layla, do you want to um, want to give us a quick summary of the 2009 blockbuster Avatar? Yeah, it's fucking Pocahontas in space. Yeah, um, have you all seen Dances with Wolves or The Last Samurai or Blindside or Gran Torino or Green Book? It's basically the same thing as that, except, you know, with fucking mech suits. It is truly... Do you want to know how much it is like Pocahontas? One of the characters... What the fuck is his name? He was my favorite. Sute. How dare I forget his name? What? Sute. Sute. Sute looks exactly like Cocoa. 
I was shocked when you pointed this out, but you dropped these two images. You did a side by side in your notes and like the nose and facial structure, exactly the same. It is like they really just went to like fucking Pocahontas and took a still frame and they're like, okay, model this and make this a cat boy. Uh, and it's incredible. It's the same character, exactly the same character. Which like, listen, okay, I'm I'm not about to be sitting out here accusing the like bonkers talented people that worked on this motion picture film of like plagiarizing. It is just a design trope thing, but you know, it just speaks to like, maybe like Disney defined this design trope or, or but it, it just really speaks to the lack of um, daring to go outside of the conventions of this type of movie that is happening. Because I think what you wrote in your notes that I literally took a screenshot of and put it in my notes was uh, the super rhinoceros is also neat. Everything in this movie is neat, except the story. The story sucks. And unfortunately, sometimes the story just informed some portions of the design and it just... uh, like, I just wanted more out of it, I guess. But the story was so bad that I don't really know how much more they could have given us. Yeah, I mean, l- let me be clear. When I'm criticizing, when we are criticizing uh, the faults of this movie, we never want to be criticizing, you know, the people who actually did a lot of very hard work on it. Um, we're mostly going to be criticizing James Cameron <laughs> here. Let's be real. Um, yeah, James Cameron and the screenwriters, y'all, we need to have some conversations the artist did a fucking phenomenal job on this. Is yes. bonkers good for the time period and held up pretty well. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll certainly get there. Um, for an actual summary, um, God, okay. So there's this guy named Jake Sully whose brother was part of this program where they were studying the people, the indigenous people of the planet Pandora, called the Navi, who are the aforementioned blue cat people, and. He was part of this program where he could get his mind put into a synthetic body of the Navi. Um, but since his brother died, he wants to he, he got the option to take over his brother's contract because he was wounded um, fighting in, I guess, Nigeria. I don't know. He was fighting for the U.S. military at some point. Um, he goes in there. He you know, he there's this colonel who's like, yeah, you got to tell me, tell us all the secrets about the indigenous people. Uh, and then we'll get him. Uh, Jake goes in. He meets Natiri, who's the you know, for lack of a better word, chieftain's daughter. Um, they do a montage where he learns their ways. They fall in love. He turns against the you know big evil empire slash you know colonizing force slash mining conglomerate. There's a big fight. He they win. He gets permanently transported into the avatar body that's it um which listen surprisingly little happens in this movie despite its nearly three hour length um but like i like basically everything about this movie except for the story which is absolute dog shit and i think we should start (laughs) interrogating that by talking about the characters i think it's a very common trope to be like hey you remember avatar Name the name that character. What's the main character of Avatar's name? Nobody knows who Jake Sully is until you're like, uh, I'm going to pull up Wikipedia and read his name out. Layla, tell me some things about Jake Sully. Uh, Jake Sully is a warrior from the clan Jarhead, um, by his own admission. Uh, he's just, he, he is a fantastic case study 
on what makes the difference between a stupid man and a himbo. Jake Sully, not a himbo. He does not drink respect women juice all day fucking long. He's just kind of... He's not even stupid. He's just ignorant. Like, he's just an ignorant person and he's frustrating to watch because the inciting action of him becoming the chosen one isn't his own curiosity and willingness to learn the the nature of the Navi. It's him being in danger and Awa, the like magic tree at the center of their culture, choosing him for some reason. Because if Awa hadn't interfered, Neytiri would have killed his ass. And she should have. Yeah, I mean, God. This whole movie is rightfully criticized for being a big embodiment of the white savior trope, which, listen, not that many people listen to this podcast, um, but I'm, you know... I assume that everyone listening to this podcast does know what the white savior trope is, but if for some reason you don't, it is a common trope in European. I'm my reference point is American media, but there is a white person who goes to an indigenous land uh, in dances with wolves. It's a white person going to speak with native Americans in the last samurai. It's uh, Tom Cruise going to speak with the Japanese and he, you know, initially is there to take over their lands, but then he spends some time with them, realizes that's bad, and learns their culture and their practices, their language, their ways, and becomes better at their ways than they are, and becomes the whole reason that that people is either able to survive or make a heroic last stand, or something of that nature, right? And it's... I mean, right, I think it should be pretty self-evident why that's kind of a gross trope, right? It sort of takes, it makes it seem like, you know, the indigenous people, you know, the non-white people need the help of a of a white person to, to, to actually do anything to survive the, the onslaught of settler colonialism and, and imperialism. And that's, that's just not the case. I mean, we can talk about technological disparities, but largely, that's not really it, y'all. <laughs> But, you know, also technical technological disparities that are often the result of prior colonialism, right? That's what Black Panther was trying to kind of tackle is like, what would happen if, you know, Afrofuturism, that's the entire concept is like, what would an Africa be without having been held back by settler colonialism? Um, and it's I, like, I listen, we got to point out that all the people for working for the company I'm going to refer to as Amazon because Amazon's everything. Um, the mining conglomerate, uh, they're all light-skinned. They're all white, but they're all light-skinned. I don't remember seeing a dark-skinned person on screen among the humans. And then the Navi are all played by actors of color. That is a fact from the Wikipedia. Oh my god, I didn't so, even know that. Yes. I know Zoe Saldana is Neytiri, but holy shit, that's a bad that look, James! From, uh, my jaw cracked, I got so- it's so mad my jaw just cracked. It's just such a bad look. That's the thing, right? It's like this story isn't really anything like, like it's, listen, it's bad, but it's something like newly egregious, you know? Like I'm not watching this going, oh my God, James Cameron invented a new way to talk about, you know, white savior narratives. No, it's the same old, same old, but like 
so much money went into the same old, same old, and 2009 was just, like, not long enough ago for this to not be a terrible fucking look. And the question I keep asking myself is, is, like, how are we gonna do these sequels? Like, oh my god, here's the thing, like, like god, we haven't, we have not even talked about the rest of the characters we're getting into it, but, like, discourse right capital d discourse uh-huh. has evolved so much since 2016 happened in american in american popular conversation right the rise of white nationalism fascism is all tied up in donald trump's election you know the a lot of liberal cap you know liberal people you know democrats including myself um who were kind of like oh you know people are reasonable and, and, and you know good will win out sort of woke up and realized that we America is not exactly a good or functioning state. Um, and like, uh, we have it, the internet discourse and, and the Overton window has moved so far in the past four years, let alone the past 11. Like, and the thing is, Avatar 2's been done, Avatar 3 is probably done at this point. The, they're going to be using talking points from, like, 2012. They're going to be talking about, like, fucking binders full of women and Psy in Avatar 2. And it's going to be, like, completely irrelevant. And they, ugh, like, James Cameron, because, because these movies take so fucking long to make, like, whatever narrative they're trying to advance, I can, it is almost a guarantee it'll be so far beyond, like, what we're talking about. And it's just embarrassing. <laughs> Well, I think that's part of the reason, uh, uh, and we'll we'll keep talking about characters in a second, but I think part of the reason that these movies just, like, don't leave any impact on the zeitgeist is because they're so behind the zeitgeist. Like, even in 2009, this was an outdated narrative because we've already talked about how Pocahontas is an outdated narrative, right? So, and the funny thing about this movie is it pissed everyone off, right? Well, like, it, it didn't piss off, like, your your average moviegoer right like your your typical middle america audience it didn't it, you know they went and saw it, this was the biggest movie in the world when it, when it came out yeah yeah you know it's Ever, successful, yeah. a massively commercially successful film but the problem is people on the left generally really don't like it for the aforementioned reasons and then i was reading the wiki and people on the right fucking hate it too because they read it as anti-american propaganda <laughs> my favorite thing about this is all the fucking right-wing pundits and reactionaries being like they made our military-industrial complex's reliance on paramilitary corporations look kind of shitty. And I didn't like that. And also, they didn't pray to Jesus. What's up with that? My favorite thing is the Vatican being like, uh, they're they're talking about worshipping nature, and we think that's bad. Like, shut the fuck up. (laughs) Fucking Ratzinger. Jesus. (laughs) Oh, I forgot that was before before the new... Yeah, no, Francis was, I think, 2013. Um, but yeah, no, this was the guy who retired. Who's <laughs> like, I, I want to be Pope for a little bit, but I don't want to die being Pope. God. Uh, you know what? He sucks, but I respect that. Uh, <laughs> our next character is on our list is Natiri. Um Gosh, golly. I is Natiri even, even a character in your I opinion? literally was about to say that. She's not even a character. She's She is the spirit guide. Yeah, I mean, she's she's the magical person of color that teaches mm-hmm. the white protagonist, you know, how, how their ways go. Like, Jake and Neytiri fall in love. And my answer, my question is, why? 
what part of Jake's personality, besides the fact that, like, you talked about he's not a true himbo, but I was like, you know, he is kind of stupid in an endearing way. But, like, what part of Jake's personality does Neytiri find attractive or fun or cool, besides the fact that he's just, like, earnestly learning from her? Like, and I mean, listen, I assume that if I was a woman, I would, if somebody listened to me honestly, I would probably find that a huge relief. But, like, also, Jake, you know, for what I'm saying... He doesn't always honestly listen to Neytiri. He's also just kind of there to, you know, blow up her home and like, God. <laughs> well, that's the thing is Jake has so many opportunities to tell Neytiri what the fuck is going on, right? Towards the end of the movie. He lets it get to the absolute last second and then after shit starts going down, admits to the fact that he was, he knew this was the inevitable end. And then she forgives him for that and getting her dad killed. That's not a character. That's not a no. character. Neytiri, no. You know what? Jake should have died. No, Jake should have died so many times. He should have got eaten by that cool uh, six-legged panther. Oh, that thing uh, was so dope. And then Neytiri should have shot him to death. And then yes. Saute should have stabbed him to death. Uh, <sighs> listen, yes. Jake gets in a lot of scrapes. Uh, he should have he should have died long, long before this. Um, he got afforded way too many chances because he was, you know, uh, uh, chosen by their deity. So he's yes. got plot armor. Whatever. And like, listen... Sute's not on our list. Sute, one of my favorite characters in this whole film. Sute's so funny, and he is the only one that, like, sees this shitty dreamwalker for what he is and wants to kick his ass. But he's also a bro about it. Like, when when Jake is getting his ass thrashed uh, trying to ride um, with Neytiri the first time, he just, like, comes over and, like, heckles him. (laughs) (laughs) Just like, come on, man. What what you got? What you got? Giddy up, cowboy. I thought they have rodeos where you're from. Like, I love a heckler. So that was really great. I was so pissed when he died. Ugh. No, they... We'll talk about this, but they kill basically all of their character characters. Like, people with personality traits, they basically all die. Um, which is a choice, because they've got four more movies to go. Um... Yeah, how are you going to introduce new fucking, I don't know, maybe not be from other tribes. Uh, but speaking of dead characters, Grace... The only, in my opinion, like, like the only likable character, well, I, like you said, Suite is pretty cool. Um, the only likable human character, no, Trudy's all right. I love Trudy. And Norm. Yeah, well, I also love Norm. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm getting Grace, a little bit. the only likable woman. <laughs> no, I guess Trudy, god damn it, we're trying to, she's great. Grace is great. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. I really don't want to pit- nitpick, I'm just very frustrated, um. Grace, like, Grace starts out being, like, kind of rude and shitty and, like, but you immediately get why because she's, like, this is a guy who hasn't even read, like, the anything about the culture. He doesn't know shit. Um, when Jake comes to, like, do take over his brother's place, she's, like, I needed a fucking PhD and you gave me this guy with a, this idiot with a gun. Um, and, you know, like, I, at first she a little bit put me off, but then I was, like, oh, no, I get it. It's completely reasonable why she's so shitty and annoying all the time, uh, or annoyed all the time, annoying. And, like, she, she's kind of, like, a, a jerk, but, like, in, in a fun way that actually shows a little bit of her personality. Like, she has a personality, which is so different from ba- basically every other character except for Trudy and Sute. Yeah, exactly. She's She's actually got some grit to her, and you can, like, tell that she cares about her team like she like you know by the time her and jake bond a little bit which is really only because he successfully like got into the village you know she like feeds him and is really nice to him and like make sure he goes like him i think you pointed out your notes to her talking him in was really sweet like she's 
kind, but she's not nice. Which exactly. is some of my favorite, um, some of my favorite character archetype is just also uh, she's she's played by Sigourney Reaver, right? Ooh, that's a good question. I am really <laughs> imdb.com. So I'm gonna uh, say like she she's one also. I mean, I don't. I'm not a great judge of actor skill, but like I think she's one of the best actors in this movie. Oh yeah, for fucking sure. She really sells this performance, uh, and I love that for her. Yeah, Sigourney Weaver, you're right. Um, Which is weird because she Sigourney Weaver is slated to come back in the future Avatar movies, so I don't know how they're going to pull that off, but sure. Oh, I swear to God I've seen her in behind-the-scenes footage. I swear to God there was, like, some preview and I saw her. Uh, yeah, yeah, because... Oh, my God. Okay, so two and three are done. They're post-production. Four and five are filming right now. And yeah. five is slated for 2028. Sure. Listen, Are you ready for 10 years of Avatar? Listen, yeah, no, I can't wait for our fucking <laughs> Avatar 10 year anniversary podcast where we watch all we watch. We've listened to all the episodes we did about Avatar. We talk about the one time we went to the Avatar <laughs> theme park in Florida, because by that time, I'm sure we'll have done that because we'll need more content. Oh, God. <laughs> I can't wait for our fucking vacation to Florida. We go to Avatar Land and hang out with Jenny Nicholson. Um, <laughs> Christ. Oh, Boise, Idaho. I want to hold off on the franchise talk because that is one of my last talking points. But like, yeah, it is such a buckwild thing to do. Um, yeah. So the other character that is interesting as far as humans go is Norm, who is also a PhD and like worked with Jake's brother and like, like you point out in your notes, Layla, he's nice to Jake until he realizes that Jake's a fucking moron. Well, it's not even that he realizes he's a moron. He's a moron that upstaged him. Yes, no, I completely get how shitty he is with Jake when he realizes, like, oh, you're just some guy and you got extremely lucky and now you, like, you know, are in with the tribe. I, you know, I studied this for years. I, you know, I, I studied for Navi for, like, five years and I have my PhD in you know, the Omatakaya, that's the, the tribe's name, but, like, the, their culture and shit, like, I wrote my thesis on that or whatever, and, like, this rando comes in and immediately, like, takes all his work and throws it out the window, and he's like, well, I, I think it's understandable for me to be a little upset by this. Yeah, no, for sure, and, like, he gets really salty, and then by the end of it, like, when he realizes that it's an opportunity for all of them to, to get back in the good graces with the Navi, he starts working with Jake, but, like, before that, he is fully within his rights to be a salty little bastard about it and you know what i respect that norm i respect that thank you uh um, i do like that he eventually like at the the last battle he he becomes like a military commander and like leads the cavalry charge which is really weird like this is a fucking phd he should be back just like sheltering with all the women and children like he, that is an academic please let the academic alone yeah, no, for, for him, they give him a gun and he knows how to shoot. Like, baby, if you studied as a PhD for six years, there's no fucking way. <laughs> you don't know how to use guns. I'm sorry, sir. <laughs> Especially not one that big in a body that's not yours. No, um, sir. Yeah, and then when, so so going down our list of tolerable humans uh, is Trudy. Uh, Trudy, who reminds me of the mechanic in Atlantis. Do you know who I'm talking about? Yes, it's exactly exactly that type. Because we, the you know, like vaguely vibe. vaguely Hispanic looking. I want. I'm gonna look up the actress's name. Um, Michelle yeah. Rodriguez, I believe. Um, I swear to God, she was also the voice actress in Atlantis. I'm looking this up right now. Her filmography says 2001 is Atlantis. Uh, no, but she is in the Fast and the Furious, so that's where you probably oh, know her from. Oh yeah, I did binge a bunch of those. 
Uh, we we've got to do a Fast and the Furious some of these one of these days. Oh, you fucking um, bet! Especially with the new ones coming out, and uh, my my favorite my boo from from Tokyo Drift is coming back. Absolutely. She is. Um, her father is Puerto Rican. Her mother is Dominican, and I think she she moved to the Dominican Republic when she was a. Da, 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 da. But she is an American. She was born in Texas. Okay, just to clear that up. Um, but yes, very, very similar vibes to the the mechanic from Atlantis. Um, and like she she's like the pilot who's like, yeah, this is all sort of bullshit. But like you know, it's good money, and I I like going out and looking at this cool new world and and being able to help. And you know, she's part of the military, but like she's not part of the military. Like she's the one person who's immune to their ideology. Um, but like. They do Trudy so dirty in this movie. Yeah, because they fucking kill her. They kill her in the last battle, and for what? What? It doesn't... I mean, I understand having narrative stakes is important, but, like, I think there are so many better ways to improve narrative stakes than killing characters, right? Like, that is one of the least... I mean, it is important, but I think it's not as interesting as, like, you know, capturing them or, you know threatening something that they care about like uh, and when you kill a character like unless you have an extremely convoluted reason to bring them back like it cuts off avenues for storytelling and that sucks because trudy was a cool person who i would have liked to have in the subsequent films and we're probably not gonna get her yeah because so like of the humans right some of them stayed on pandora so norm jake both get to stay, uh, Grace dies on Pandora as part of Awa, and then it would have been nice to have one of them go home. It would have been nice to have one of the humans stay human and and either stay there as a human and get a big, beautiful alien girlfriend like she deserves, or go home. I think Matt, right? I think the the one other... Oh, Max? The Max, scientist? yes. The one other scientist guy does remain a human um, and stays there, so... But, like, was, he also got, like, probably five lines, so. Yeah, I was so done with that movie by the time we rolled around to who was staying and who was going. <laughs> I was not paying attention. <laughs> Completely fair. Um, they just they just waste their characters. Like, it's very clear that, I mean, I don't know. Did James Cameron, I don't, I don't know this from my research, did James Cameron plan this to be a franchise? Because, like, it seems like he sure as fuck did not with all the characters he killed. I think he, I think it has always been a series of, of movies. I just don't understand why you'd kill so many characters if you were doing that. Especially your good I, ones. I'm on fire. I wish I could tell you, but it is... Uh, uh, I don't know what was happening in Mr. Cameron's head. I don't know who was reading these scripts. I don't know who said, yeah, let's make five of them. Again, incredibly commercially successful movies. But the thing is, all five are in production, right? So like we said, two... Two of them are done. Two of them are work. They're being they can't filmed. be stopped now. Yeah, they're going to be being released for forever. It's like up to the VFX teams to do it. But the thing is, so okay, the money's been paid. The artists have been paid. The actors have been paid. The shooting is pretty much, you know, like done. What happens if people with 2021, 20, 25, 26, 28 sensibilities don't like these movies that were made in 21 based on a movie that was in 09? That's the thing, like, our politics and sensibilities and social ideas are going to change in f- from now until, like, 2020, I don't know, 
four or five, whenever three comes out from where they are now. And 2020, like, it's going to be so wild because we're going to be like, I I don't understand. It's it's going to be so bad, yo. <laughs> it's going to be nightmarish. Aaron, we are halfway through our runtime and we haven't even finished our list of characters. Uh, <sighs> um, there's a colonel. He's I haven't actually ever seen um, Apocalypse Now, but I think he's just the fucking I love the smell of napalm in the morning guy, except like way hammier. And, I, you know, as an actor, as a character, I think he's fine because it's just like I'm a big racist military man. And I know what I'm doing and I'm I'm the bad guy and I think he works completely fine. Uh, yeah, I will say, you know, I like to point out when character actors look like they're having fun, that guy looked like he was having fun. Yeah, I mean, he was like, I'm gonna be an evil racist and I get to drive a mech suit. That kicks ass. And like, you know what? Fine. Sure. I'm gonna be a cartoon villain and that's my whole thing. And you know what? Fuck it. Whatever. Great. You can say uh, lines like I'm gonna wipe it from their racial memory, which was just a wild thing to hear. (laughs) I cannot believe that they put that. Like, what the Call fuck? Call blue monkeys? Like, it's just cartoon villainy. Uh, it's ridiculous. Like, uh, and like, I don't know. I don't know about this. Like, I know it's fantasy racism, but it's getting like wildly close to actual like white supremacist ideology. And I was like, uh, I don't know about this one, y'all. I mean, I know I, it's not. I, I'm sure they wrote it with the best of intentions. I, I Again... After re-listening to our fucking Six of Crows episode, I want to be very careful about not nitpicking because I feel so bad about that. But like, I'm okay with nitpicking James fucking Cameron. This one is punching extremely up. Like, <laughs> listen, yeah, motherfucker has had his life set since Titanic. I think we can we can punch up to Mr. Cameron a bit. Lee Bardugo, you know, she's she's a regular a regular folk just like Listen, us we're, so. we're down here lee bardugo is up here on the 10th floor and james cameron is on the fucking international space station we exactly. can keep punching <laughs> exactly so don't feel bad on nitpicking J- lee bardugo is one woman that wrote a book james cameron had hundreds if not at least a thousand people working on this goddamn movie and nobody said anything to him so you know what i'm okay with punching <sighs> i wonder on this one I wonder if that's true, though, because I'm sure people were like, James, we can't, we can't say that we're going to wipe them. <laughs> we're going to, in- we're going to make this war crime permanent in their racial memory. And James was like, no, I think that's, that means something. And they're like, yeah, it means you're a fucking dipshit, but all right. Again, so fucking funny to know that this movie alienates anyone with an ideology. Which, like, some people be like, that's how you know it's a good movie. And, like, <laughs> no, no, it's not, but. <laughs> uh, and then the last, the last figure in, in our list is this uh, Jeff Bezos middle manager type um, who is kind of in charge of the whole mining operation and is constantly snacking, which I respect. Like, he got characterization, which is wild. Like, he, like, yes, he is snacking all the time, which made him look, like, kind of callous and aloof and shitty. And also, he had, like, a little putter in his office, like, a very stereotypical, like, businessman, you know, I want to do putting in my office. Like, that alone is all you need to know about that character, and I think that's completely fine. I just wish they had done that for more characters so we knew what they were like. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's some of the characterization in this movie is incredibly effective. Like, even with Norm, uh, when Norm introduces himself to Jake, he just does his, like, Norm 
name. And then when he introduces himself to <laughs> when he introduces himself to Max, he then introduces himself as Doctor. So that's just like a nice characterization moment for him too, you know. And and like Grace demanding a cigarette when she first rolls out, and like expecting her staff to know that she should have one in her hand. Um, you know, that's and that's a really cool moment too because it could be so misread when you don't know Grace's relationship with her team. Um, because once you know the, how close she is with her team, it's more funny than it is rude. But, like, yeah, there are some really great characterization moments, but, like, the people who don't get them are Jake and Neytiri. Which is weird, because they're the, the most important characters in the movie. I will say, Neytiri getting the last shot on the colonel was... They gave her something, and I'm grateful for that. You know what? Zoe Saldana, go off. I... I feel like you've been canceled, so I don't want to give you too much credit. Oh, but I'm just always suppressed. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know, but like, uh, listen, I'm I'm glad that they gave Nateri at least that vengeance shot, which is very cool. Um, you know, fucking putting two arrows through that dude in the big mech suit, but like, <sighs> there is so much cool shit. Like the mech suits, I think are neat because like it's very Pacific Rim. Mm. Like you have like these hollow you know like like the mech suit is controlled by like your actual hand movements you like have like a rig you get into and like you have to like you move your actual limbs in order to utilize the suit i think that's cool like the very first shot of like a big spaceship coming in on pandora i think was so rad because the spaceship looked dope as hell and like a bunch of like weird orbs and also like a solar sail or some shit and i was like hell yeah that looks great um you know, some of the li- landscapes are really pretty. Like, there's this gas giant that's constantly looming over Pandora in the background. That fucking slaps. I love No Man's Sky. I love stupid sci-fi shit like that. And <sighs> I just want I wanted to like this so much. Yeah, when you give me a bunch of bioluminescence, I am generally predisposed to liking the thing. But the, the it's just like, like, Pocahontas, the Disney movie is rough right like it's a rough watch to watch as an adult i have a lot of nostalgia for it so like i will still watch it the songs slap we can admit to that you know it's a nostalgia watch um but the portions of pocahontas that get changed to make avatar happen are just so so like john smith never teaches the natives how to native right in pocahontas but jake sully gets to be taruk makto which is like the rider of this big badass red dragon it's and a great leonopteryx <laughs> good dorky name um so he gets to be taruk makto and like I think I would have been less mad about it if Neytiri hadn't given this, like, big history that there's only been five in the history of the Navi, and the last time it happened, it was her grandfather's grandfather, and he brought all the clans together for the greats. So it's like this cultural milestone. It's like this deeply, deeply, deeply important historical part of their culture. And then this dumb motherfucker gets to come in and do it. And it's just like, it should have been her. Absolutely, right? I mean, that's that's the problem with white savior narratives, right? If you're going to do a fucking white savior at all, they should be, you know, helping out the, the person of color, right? And I mean, that's not to defend that narrative framing. That still kind of sucks. But like, you shouldn't, it's such a baby mistake to make to be like, yeah, no, it's it 
the white person's going to come in and, and be the one who fixes everything. And the natives are going to be like, oh, thank you so much for saving us. You're the real hero. Like, like at the end, like where they're about to execute Jake and Grace. And then the, you know, the Marines, uh, PMCs, whatever, they come in, they blow up home tree. You know, it, it falls to the ground and everybody's running. And Neytiri's mom, who we haven't mentioned because unfortunately not very much of a character either, comes and she's like, she cuts them free and she's like if you are really part of the the clan like then save us like literally you know begging the white person to save them which like or help us they don't say save but like what's the difference right like it just sucks yeah i think i would have been a lot more forgiving of the first half of the movie if in the second half of the movie jake's role was a lot more supplementary like if he were to teach them about the layout of the human uh uh home base and how to like disable it and get them to go home and you know if if he had acted if he had kind of done the same thing he had been doing to the navi to the humans um i think it would have been a lot more forgiving of that but he was going around with like he said three months in this culture which by the way not enough time to learn a fucking language i say that as somebody who not to toot my own horn is exceptionally fucking smart. And when I emigrated, I got a conversational grasp on English in six months. And that was fucking unheard of. So it's not easy. It's it's a for adults, it's a lifelong thing. So to I, make like, it <laughs> I've been studying Spanish since I was five years old. I've been on multiple like study abroad trips to Spanish speaking cult- countries. I would consider myself barely fluent. <laughs> like the fact that Jake's just like you know, three months and I'm not even going to, you know, be there every day because I'm also going to be in and out of this body. It's fine. Like, fuck off. It's, it's the worst. And so, you know, to have him go around with Neytiri as his translator, insulting. It's insulting. And it's just like, you know, there's, there's so much of this. He gets to talk to Awa and he convinces Awa to help them late, by the way. Yeah, Awa was a fucking centrist, which is hysterical. (laughs) That that also made me mad uh, because Neytiri was like, she only watches over the balance of life. Bitch, the balance has been disrupted. It got disrupted when these fucking colonizers came to destroy Awa's whole shit. So what sort of centrist bullshit is this? And then we have a bunch of the human characters telling the native characters that they shouldn't be defending themselves. Go the fuck yourself. This, it's just this, the small transgressions of this movie on their own would be something you roll your eyes at. But in the narrative as a pattern, they're infuriating. It, it's just ridiculous. And like, God, the thing... <laughs> The thing about Avatar is that, like, despite all of what we're saying, which is, you know, leftist, progressive, you know, criticisms of, of imperialism, colonialism, you know, white-centered narratives, which all seem, for our, our listenership, I'm sure, is, like, also along the same ideological spectrum— that's that just wasn't the case um because back in 2009 like we were alluding to like there is a whole wikipedia article that's just themes in avatar and like the ways that people interpreted it which is so So funny um like it's so long it's such a long article it's huge i feel like Like, james cameron wrote it (laughs) 
honestly, he was like, <laughs> let me write down every mean thing people said about my movie. Um, so it has it's broken into three sections. There's political <laughs> themes, which include imperialism, militarism, and anti-Americanism. Uh-huh. There's social themes, which include civilization and race and environment and property. Mm-hmm. And then there's religion and spirituality, which include religions and mythology, parallels with Hinduism, and pantheism versus Christianity. Like, people are reading so much into this movie, and, and like, maybe some of that's there. Like, I think a lot of it, James Cameron is like, yeah, definitely, that's in there. And, like... Listen, you can you can make the argument that like, yeah, the home tree blowing up was like, what if 9-11 happened, but like we were doing it to people, we as Americans, Which, and like, you could be like, oh, there's a group of people that, you know, indigenous people that worship this, this deity that is very in tune with nature. And like, you know, he explicitly, or he says that he like, quote, quote, subconsciously made the connection between like Shiva and Krishna from, from Hinduism. And he's like, anyway, these people have blue skin because of that. It's like, that's not great. (laughs) Um, But like, God, so many people have, I just, there's a lot of stuff in here. It is a mile wide and an inch deep uh, as a way to use a common aphorism, but like, there's so many things to criticize, and very few of them are interesting. <laughs> uh, there is, listen, I think that the the most important theme of Avatar 2009 is that James Cameron is a fucking furry. Okay. Listen, <laughs> those blue people are very sexy. There's no denying that. There's no denying that. They're very, very sexy. And uh, I do... I do not like, I was going to call him Josh. That's how forgettable this fucking character is. I do not like Chicken Nateri. Um, I do think it's fucking hilarious that they fucked in the ghost tree. I think that's very funny that they fucked in We are in mated a ghost before tree. Awa. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I also like that it was this very, like, very Titanic sex scene, you know what I mean? It was just a lot of, like, petting. But the thing is, he didn't have to, he didn't have to include that. No, that that was all. That was all. That's all James. That's That's like, that's like Tarantino being like, oh, I guess we have to have this foot shot very explicitly in the front Mm. of the camera. Like, uh, like also like, I don't know if it was in the Disney plus version, but I distinctly remember in, when I was watching it in, in movie theaters, they're like hair braids tying together. Um, and <gasps> oh my God, great, they did cut it out. Yeah. They, they cut that part out. And also <sighs> in, in the beginning, um, when Jake is first in his avatar body and he sees this like hair braid, um, Grace makes the joke. Like she says, you don't play with that. You'll gl- go blind. Yeah. So explicitly like this is your genitals. Um, so like very funny that Disney cut that out. Firstly, secondly, just like they didn't James the wanted them line. to. F- no, <laughs> no, that's still in there. <laughs> yeah, they didn't cut out that because I guess it's you know veiled enough. But James very much in the original cut did want people to know the the sexual capacity of these these cool cat people. Well, the, uh, the braid thing too is very funny, just because the animation of like the tendrils is very like sensual. You know, it's just mm-hmm. like like a gentle, like a, a caress. A gentle wrapping to make the link. You know, it's very burlesque, the motion. <laughs> <laughs> Audience, uh, Aaron is making the, the nyan, <laughs> nyan cat. <laughs> exactly. I, I, th- I wonder how much fan art we could find of the Navi going nyan. 
Control T. Alright, here we go. Navi. Yep. Cat Neon. Huh. Hmm? Surprisingly, it's mostly neon cats. Let me add Navi Avatar. Maybe take out Cat. Yeah, let's take out Cat. Huh, it's only the one. Weird. Huh. Guess I know what I'm doing next week. <laughs> yeah. <let's... laughs> Just blowing up the tags on Tumblr. Oh, Christ. Um. It is It is interesting, though, like how, uh, I mean, not interesting, mostly you know, just to be what it be, but, you know, cat boys are, are looked down upon, are really marginalized in our society, and then James Cameron just stormed in and made them mainstream, and no one batted an eyelid. I think that's the true white privilege, is you can just be a cat boy. Do you uh, think Odd from uh, Code Lyoko would do well on Totally Totally. My headcanon is that Jake Sully is actually Odd. Uh, because Odd has no. the most actual training and in going into a virtual body and, you know, getting virtualized. So it makes sense that Odd would be very into the Avatar project. <clears throat> oh, no, don't do that to my boy. It's true. I think oh. that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> okay, no. so Tiny Brain, Avatar is a good movie. <laughs> Big Brain, Avatar is a fun movie that had a lot of bad story. Uh-huh. Galaxy Brain, on- <laughs> Avatar is a sequel to Code Lyoko. <laughs> Code Lyoko Evolution was just a training program for Avatar. Uh, oh my <laughs> god. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like we said, a very visually pleasing movie, but just the story just does it so dirty. Just does it so dirty. Do we have anything else to say about this motion picture film? I just, I just wanted to talk about the fact that like, this is a franchise, like, in the future, mm-hmm. right? Like, I think it's so weird to think that like this was the biggest movie ever in in two thousand nine, and like it was supposed to be this huge franchise, but then like, the ways in which it was developed and and marketed and you know. It could have been, you know, it could have been, like, a massive, a massive thing. Like, Jen Nicholson talks about the fact that, like, you know, the Avatar Park at Disney only exists because Harry Potter Park opened at Universal and they were getting creamed. And they're like, we need to have a cool franchise. So they bought the rights to Avatar and, you know, started this park, which didn't open until, like, 2017 or whatever. But, like, Avatar, in theory, is a huge franchise, right? Like, it's got, like we said, fucking four sequels in production it's got a park at disney it's there's a fucking cirque de soleil play that takes place in the avatar universe like in theory it should be a massive part of our cultural consciousness and it's just not and i think that it's very interesting to see like i'm wondering is like that i'm growing increasingly skeptical that our government is going to be able to break up media monopolies um like, is that just what our media looks like for the next 40 years? It's just, like, decades of waiting for these monopolies to buy the rights to to, to these, you know, various properties that used to be big, and then just, like, taking, like, a decade to expand upon them before we actually get new content? Like, as a Kingdom Hearts fan, like, I'm used to that, but, like, it's gonna be weird to see that replicated everywhere else. Aaron, that is fucking bleak. 
That scenario that you just described to me as somebody who works in media is fucking bleak, my guy. That but the is... fact that you work in media makes you know that that's not impossible. No, I know. I try not to think about it. Like, actively, I try to ignore it. I do. I really try not to think about it. Um, I mean, I think here's the question I want to ask based on all of that. We've mentioned a couple of times that this movie came out in 2009. It's presently 2021. Sequel's coming out 2022. So that's 13 years. Aaron, what the fuck is the viral marketing campaign going to look like for Avatar 2 2022? Because I'm already thinking TikTok filters. I'm thinking <laughs> I'm going to be seeing a lot of blue teens. Uh, so definitely that. I think definitely billboards. Billboards everywhere, especially Please LA. Please describe LA to me one. the Avatar billboard, Avatar 2 billboard. Okay, so you you generally find these in L.A. Like, L.A. does a lot of movie billboards. So I'm thinking that they find, like, a nice, um, like, really palmy, like, really green surrounded billboard, like, for the Atmo. You know, I think that would be, like, a good one. And then um, it would have to be just bland enough to pull in the old audience, but, like, just cool enough for the new. So... Jake Sully leaping over the Avatar 2 logo with the, like, giant gun, the Navi-sized gun strapped to his back with three children in his arms so that we know it's a family film. (laughs) And he's doing the DreamWorks face at the audience. Of, Of course. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. If I, I was head of marketing for Avatar 2, <laughs> I would go the ARG route. Okay, okay, um, okay. Since most of the people who watched Avatar 2 are now people who use the LinkedIn platform. Oh my uh, Avatar god. Avatar 1. I would, I would create an ARG based on LinkedIn where it's like, oh, hey, here's this company, the rda or whatever the bad guys were and then like you have to go down the rabbit hole of like looking at all the profiles of the new bad guys and then... And then at the end, you get a trailer for Avatar 2, and that would be great. Uh, so oh God, Disney sent me out- $85 million for that idea. What if they sent out a bunch of, like, recruiter messages? That'd be fucking sick, because I never look at those fucking things, but I would if it was from somebody from Avatar. Oh, my God. And if they, Yeah, because they would, I mean, they would have to be really blatant recruiter messages, right? It would have to be like, we're recruiting you for a top secret Avatar. You know, something like that, where somebody would be like, wait, what the fuck is this from a movie? And then you have to go down the rabbit hole. This is a billion-dollar marketing scheme. Disney, we keep telling you, put us in charge. We can do it, I swear. Oh, my God. Aaron, that fuck, blew I'm my cutting mind. this out. I'm cutting this out of the podcast, and I'm I'm putting it in a, <laughs> a separate document, and I'm emailing fucking Bob Iger, whoever runs Disney at this point, and be like, yo, if you use this, you legally owe me $100 million, or you can hire me right now for $50 million and also give me and Layla the rights to Kingdom Hearts. We'll work something out, I promise. Make us the execs. Let, let us talk to Squeenix. We'll, we'll, if you, listen, it's on Disney Plus. We can make Sora a Navi. I cannot wait for Kingdom Hearts 4 where Sora goes to Pandora and they all get their Pandora sodas. Goofy just has eight limbs and Donald is for some reason glowing. Oh, fuck yeah. He's that fucking rhino thing. <laughs> With just a tiny wand. 
Oh, and then Goofy's the Turuk Moktober. <laughs> Goofy uh, is the most fearsome predator of the sky, the last shadow. <laughs> and the, the last, last thing you hear before you die is, Oh, young. <laughs> I'm literally crying. Um, oh, man. Disney. Hi, I know we shit on you all the time, but we do it out of love. Hire us. Anyway, yeah, for sure. We'd make you so much fucking money. More um, than you could dream. More, more than unobtainium. Unobtainium. The dumbest fucking name for anything in history. It's actually worse than Transformium from the Transformers franchise because at least Transformium's like, yeah, it's it that's the whole thing. It's like it's literally unobtainium, which is a resource of mm, relative wealth, but also it's unobtainable. That's why they call it unobtainium, because you can only get it on Pandora. Fuck off. <laughs> I think that was my favorite line from, the, like, the business executive, is they were looking at a, a topographical map of, like, where the unobtainium was right under the village, and he just goes, look at all that cheddar. <laughs> fantastic Great. screenwriting. Yes, no, incredible. Disney oh. pay us a hundred million dollars. We'll we'll make listen, we'll just have to dub over it. I'm sorry, your old screenwriters, you know, we're just gonna have to ditch the old script. We'll make something work. But me and Layla will rewrite the movies for you so it's so it's woke, quote unquote, and not fucking white saviorism, but maybe this time Zoe Saldana gets more of a personality. It will involve killing Jake Sully. Or just shutting him up for a while. Maybe he'll just go on a retreat somewhere. Yeah, the movie's going to be a lot shorter, but it's going to be better. (laughs) (laughs) And in addition, Disney, hear me out. Let me run the Twitter. (laughs) I I will engage with Arby's. I will engage with Wendy's. I will engage with uh, McKinney Consultants. I'll engage with fucking every other brand as a Navi. Let me run the Twitter. I cannot wait for Layla shitpost to do the Navi cosplay that we all need with the Wendy's Twitter account. This is perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I will do every brand crossover. I will shitpost the hell out of this. It'll be me and Arby's at the top of the game. Holy shit. Okay, well, Layla, um, when we're not theorizing about how to make wild marketing schemes, that would absolutely work. <laughs> Where can people find us on the internet? <laughs> I think of this. Listen to me, Aaron. Aaron. Just Aaron. Listen to me. I'm friend. trying to end the podcast, but she no, won't shut let up. me. Listen to me, friend. I think we I think we fucked up. I don't think we should have a podcast about media. I think we should have a podcast where we try to market dumb shit. I think that's our thing. I think that's our talent. It, honestly, we have some pretty fucking good ideas. <laughs> I think I think we should formalize this into a segment. I think this is a thing. Okay, listeners, it took us a year, but we finally have a, a recurring segment, which is <laughs> marketing ploys for bad for, for, we'll think for of a questionable cool concepts. I'll write a jingle. It'll be great. Anyway, uh, you can find me at L-E-Y-L-S-E-S on Tumblr, Twitter, and Instagram, um, where I draw and write essays about media theory. Um, most recently I wrote about, uh, parasocial relationships, uh, one specifically with using the examples of John Mulaney, Bo Burnham, and, uh, oh my god, Hannah, Hannah Gatsby. Gatsby. Uh, so yeah, that's me. Aaron, where can people find you? You can find me on the internet at AaronSXL, uh, where I tweet about health policy. Um, you can also listen to 
the other podcast I do at the Bible Boys. Um, our episode on 101 questions uh, got delayed, but we'll be recording that tomorrow, which is today when you're hearing this. Um, but check that out because we're gonna talk about fucking demon aliens. It's gonna be sick. Um, our theme song is obsolete by Keshko from the album Filmmakers Reference Kit Volume Two. You can find more of their music at keshko.bandcamp.com. Layla. How the fuck are we gonna close this episode out? No, just just give me the just give me the what do we say line. Just I got it. Layla, uh, as we are leaving the wonderful planet of Pandora, what do we say? You're like a baby making noise. Don't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs>